0: Pastor Sarah, just great friends of ours, and you know some people, you know, you get along with them because you have to. But but these are people that we just like, you understand? And God has really connected our hearts. I believe this is an incredible church. Every time, if y'all don't take care of him now, I just want you to know, Indianapolis love Pastor Connor now. I mean, every time he come, when I come back, I got to preach hard to get my church back. You understand? <laughs> Yeah, every time. So he's a tremendous man of God. We're so glad uh, to be here with you on today. And my wife for life is here. We've been married 20 years. 20 good years. Yes, Lord. So the girl, girl, you look so good that it ought to be illegal in certain parts of the country. Met her on a blind date 20 years ago. And all I can tell you is I once was blind. But now I see God bless you. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord today. Got a couple things we want to do. I'm going to ask my wife if she would come forward real quick and uh, help me do this real quick. Can you get this from me? The first thing we believe in is sowing. We believe in the principle of sowing. And you have an incredible man of God, an incredible woman of God. And so my wife and I, we want to bless them with just a small seed from us. Just something to let them know we love them. It's uh. It's, a, it's, a 500, it's $500 a piece, and, and, and I know that ain't a whole lot, you know, a little chump change, a little chump change, that's all, but we want to be a blessing, and uh, we thank God for them. It is an honor to be with you on today, and i got two assignments. The first assignment is I'm going to preach to married couples, and then the second assignment is I'm going to preach to singles. It's going to get raw in the second service. I'm just going to tell you all that straight up. So uh, let's go ahead and get ready for the word. We've got some product, though. That we brought, and Shara's here. Shara, wave at us, wave about us. She's gonna help us out with our product table. I want you to go back and just get everything. Look at your neighbor say, get everything. Get everything. All right, everything's back there. Did a book a year a couple years ago called Marriage Made in Heaven but Going Through Hell. It's a serious, serious book, y'all. Now I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna tell you. Some of y'all, some of y'all looked at me funny, but you're gonna be back there tearing up that table, trying to body. Yeah. Yeah. You the one I came for. You the one I came for. (laughs) Then I did a series. One of the most powerful series I think God has ever given me is called Dream Killers. That everything that God does in your life, he does it through vision. He does it through vision and dreams. So if God desires to give you a dream, then the devil sends out dreams killer, dream killers to assassinate your dreams. So you've got to get a hold of this. And then we did a series called Head Games. My wife is in this as well. She teaches on this. It's a series called Head Games and how the enemy, when he attacks you, he plays psychological warfare with your mind. Amen? Because if he control, can, can control your thought life, he'll control every part of your life. Amen? And then there's a message here, and the singles are really going to have to get this. It's called Severing Ungodly Soul ties. And I, I don't have time to get into that, but I'm going to tell you, I'm going to ask my brother here, if you would give these two away to someone. Hold these right here and just find somebody that loves the Lord. Make a little bit of noise. You might get blessed. Come on, y'all. Make a little bit of noise. Amen. You getting both away? Both the way? Okay. Anybody else? Anybody else want to get blessed? All right. Okay. Okay, good. Go on out there and buy my stuff, then. I ain't... Shoot, I ain't giving all my stuff away. And, um, and Pastor Ebbett, I'm going to tell you, everything he does is first class. They picked us up at the airport yesterday. It was first class. Got the limousine out there. Took us to a nice hotel. We went to an incredible dinner last night. Hotel was so nice. You, you could tell when you're in a nice hotel because they got them real thick towels. You understand? You know, when you go to a cheap hotel, you got to, it feel like sandpaper. You understand? And, and, and so these towels, Pastor, they were so thick. I had a hard time getting them in my suitcase before we left this morning. I, it was a real struggle. I'm playing. I'm playing, y'all. I'm playing. Although some of y'all can't me on that. Some of y'all can't. All can alright let's go in the Word of God to Genesis chapter 3. Book of Genesis chapter number 3. I got a lot to say. And a short amount of time to say it, so I'm going to give you everything I possibly can. Genesis chapter number 3. How many know you can't find Genesis? We just need to stop and pray for you right now. (laughs) Genesis chapter 3, Once you have it, say amen. Amen. And let's skip forward for the sake of time to verse number 2. And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat of of the fruit of the tree of the garden. But of the fruit of the tree, which is in the midst of the garden, God has said that we shall not eat of it, nor shall we touch it, lest ye die. And then the serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die, for God knows that in the day that you eat of it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was pleasant to the eyes and the tree was desirable to make one wise, she took of the fruit and ate. And she gave also to her husband who was with her, and he ate. And then the eyes of both of them were open, and they knew that they were naked. And they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves coverings. And then they heard the sound of God. This is powerful. They heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife, they hid themselves from the presence of the Lord among the trees of the garden. And then the Lord God called to Adam and said, where are you? And he said... I heard your voice in the garden, and I was afraid. First time you hear anything about fear, right here. Because I was naked, and I hid myself. And he said, who told you you were naked? Have you eaten of the tree, which which I commanded you not to eat of? Now watch the answer, fellas. And the man said, the woman. (laughs) Look at your neighbor and say, that's a shame right there. That's a shame. (laughs) The woman whom you gave me, she gave me of the tree, and I... Did eat. Father, in the name of Jesus, bless your word today as we go forth to trust you and believe you for incredible breakthrough in every life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Look at your neighbor and say, "Trouble trouble in paradise. That's what I want to talk about today, that when God created Adam and Eve, he placed them in a place called paradise. He created a perfect man and a perfect woman. He placed them in a perfect environment, and they found a way to mess it up. And I want to begin today by suggesting to you that marriage is not the coming together of two lives. It is the collision of two histories. That's why you have to make sure that you fix what's in your past so that you can embrace what's in your future. Because we happen to be living in times where many people go into marriage thinking that they have a good ideal. Then the stuff turns into an ordeal. Then they want a new deal. Can I get an amen from anybody? And and so many people, the truth of the matter is over 50% of marriages in America end in divorce. So the truth of the matter is people are giving up on their marriage. You know why? Because it's always easier to quit than change. Are y'all with me here today? There there was a couple that that goes to our church. They still go to our church to this day. Great couple, both college educated, man, woman of God. They love the Lord. They have two very handsome young sons, and they came into my office one day. They wanted some counseling, and uh, she was mad. She was upset. I mean, she was so mad. You ever got so mad, you start crying? Yeah, she had tears coming down her face, and they're sitting right there in my office. And, you know, we we got some rules that when you come to see me, don't come if you don't want the truth. Because I don't have a dog in the fight. I don't have to go home with the husband or the wife. So so I'm going to go with the word and just come right down the middle. And so they came in, and she's upset. She's crying. She's hollering. And he's sitting there just kind of looking stoic. And uh, she said, I'm through, Pastor Ramsey. I'm out. I'm done with this marriage. I want a divorce. I said, okay, okay, now hold on now. Hold on. Now, why do you want a divorce? She said, I'm tired. I said, okay, but that's cool. But that ain't in the Bible. (laughs) So tired ain't in the Bible. So, so tell me what's going on that you want to divorce. She said, our money is always jacked up, both college educated. Our money's always jacked up. we always broke. We don't have enough for this. We don't have enough for that. And, and, and she said, I want out. I said, okay, well, show me how jacked up it is. I said, y'all write out the bills. Lay everything out. Show me the salaries. Show me the debts. Show me the bills. Show me where you end up. They had already brought it. They brought the budget. They slid it across the table. And I looked at it, and I was thinking, I said, yeah, you, you are broke. And um, and then, so I start telling them the word, you know, and how God hates divorce and everything. And they were just looking at me like, I said, okay, okay, I get it, I get it. Okay, y'all ain't gonna hear me because I'm giving you the word. I'm giving you the word. You don't wanna hear me? Okay, let me just go straight up truth. Truth doesn't matter. Do y'all want it? They said, yes. I said, y'all too broke to get a divorce. <laughs> Says, y'all ain't gonna hear scripture. Let me just give it to you raw. Y'all too broke to get divorced. I mean, you already talking about y'all together and y'all can't make it. Now, the last time I checked, broke minus broke equals broke (laughs) squared, mathematically. Look at your neighbor and say, you can't have romance without finance. It's one of the critical areas of marriage. you got to have your finances together and you have to be in an agreement. Let me tell you something about my wife that I respect so much about her. She allows me to be over the finances of our house. Now, I don't take that as a control factor and something that I can use as a tool to manipulate with her. I respect her enough to show her where everything is, make sure that she's in the loop on everything that goes on, and she has trusted me with the finances for 20 years. Now, is she able to run the finances? Absolutely. She runs the finances of the church. She oversees the staff. She's more than qualified principal for 15 years. So, so she's got all the qualifications. She don't need a man. Are y'all feeling me? And sometimes some of the ladies at our church get a little bit delusional because they start thinking, well, you know, well, I want to be able to have my check if my wife gets her whole check. You know, she, when she gets paid now, you know, she gets her whole check. Now, see, our ladies, they locked in on that and got all excited, right? But here's what they forgot. The first 10, 12 years or so of marriage, she gave me her entire check. See, I lost some amens on that. Y'all see how I lost the amens on that? Some of y'all sisters are like, mm Oh, okay, that's fine. But but she she gave me the entire check, and so then we moved it up and said, okay, now let's open up account and put half of your check in your account. Then three or four years later, she got another raise. I said, let's put all of it in there. You pay your tithes, then you do what you have to do. But now, ladies, that's not a shopping spree for her. She still partners with me in running our house. And I'm going to tell you something. We got a special needs son We have two sons. One is special needs. He just turned 14. And Jay is limited on what he can say and what he can speak. But I want to tell you something. We did not know. We operated in that plan for 10 plus years. And little did we know that we would have a son with special needs. And had we not prepared for 10 plus years, the medical responsibility would have wiped us out. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? How many know that in marriage, if you fail to plan then you can plan on failing. Look at your neighbor say, "I was good right there. See, the problem is that we have a society that, that, that most marriages, they start wrong, they stay wrong, and they end wrong. <laughs> Amen. They start wrong, they end wrong, they, they stay wrong. And so you got to get a hold of this thing here today. I believe, now let me start out and talk about the structure of a marriage based on the Bible. That the marriage is structured so, and life is structured So that everything that goes on in life, that goes on in my life, your life, or anybody else's life, it goes on according to authority. Everybody say authority. Okay. And the things that are under you are no more subject to you than you are the things over you. And whenever you break the law of obeying authority over you, nothing under you is subject to obey you. Case in point. Adam had dominion over everything as long as God had dominion over him. And the moment he broke the law of obeying God's authority, he lost control of everything under him. Maybe that explains why you got some wives that can't do nothing with their children. Because you got a husband that can't do nothing with that wife. And, 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 and maybe you got a husband that can't do nothing with his wife because you got a God that can't do nothing with that husband. Whenever you break the law of obeying authority over you, then nothing under you is subject to obey you. Did y'all get that? Amen. So the first thing that men have to realize is that being male is a matter of birth. Being a man is a matter of choice. Maturity does not come with age. Right. It comes with the acceptance of responsibility. Are y'all feeling what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and what, what was messing up a lot of marriages in the times in which we live is that you have adult adolescents who will not grow up. You got a man and a wife and three kids. He works all day and plays Xbox all night. It's an Xbox mentality. So meanwhile, he wonders why there's no intimacy in the marriage. Because, you know, sister girl done went on strike. Can I be real, y'all? Can I be real? Because I, I ain't got a lot of time. I got to just hit you and run. You understand? So, so, so let me work this thing out here now. Sister girl done went on strike. That's a shame, too. Because the Bible tells us to not withstand from one another. I love that verse. I mean, are y'all feeling what I'm saying? And some of y'all sisters have been on strike. You got, listen, you've got to get up off a of strike. But now watch this. What men don't understand is that sometimes whenever a man acts like a child, it will force his wife to act like his mother. Watch this now. Now... The bedroom gets affected because you can't have sex with your mother. So, your woman can't breastfeed the kids in you. Somebody got to grow up. Can I get an amen from the sisters that ain't scared? What I'm talking about. Let me go on, do my little lesson, and get on out of here. i get on, go on back to my own church. Y'all don't want to take care of me. That's all right. <laughs> the husband now, he's not just the head of the house. Somebody said one time, he said, you know, well, I'm the head. And his wife said, yeah, you might be the head, but I'm the neck. And the neck can turn the head any direction she wants. <laughs> Amen. See, what men have to understand here is that when when God gave Adam and Eve, when he brought them together, and y'all do know it was just Adam and Eve. Can I drop this out here? You know, I know y'all ain't got this problem in Texas, but I just thought I'd share it with you anyways. Uh, um, There is no miscellaneous column. In the Bible. I mean, for folks that can't make up their mind. So, I mean, I mean, I don't care how feminine you may feel, if you don't have the equipment, you're a brother. And I don't care how masculine you might feel, if you don't have the equipment, you a sister. It's amazing to me that you cannot legislate morality. Based on the Bible, the only relationships that God blessed were the ones that he put together. And when he put it together, he put together Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve. I'm just saying. Do I need to explain that? no I feel like I need to because some of y'all are struggling with that because you think well everybody ought to be accepted here's the thing you can accept people without accepting behavior I don't have to accept your behavior somebody gotta call sin what it is you can vote on it you can legislate on it you can do whatever you want to but at the end of the day God will only bless the relationships that he put together It might be matrimony, but it won't be holy. Okay, I got to stay there. I don't know why I got to stay there because, see, some of y'all struggling with that. Okay, okay. Well, what if you're born like that? You're not born like that. The devil wants you to buy that lie and think that you're born like that. Watch this. Because the moment you think you're born like that, you'll stop fighting it. And that's what he wants. He wants to normalize dysfunction but I'm, I'm going to show you through the Bible right here that, that, that God never intended on a man to be a woman. Okay, watch what happened. In the garden, God gave Adam he, all the animals and everything else. Adam named them all. Adam had intelligence. And he was articulate. And he was a communicator. But there was nothing for Adam, the Bible says, suitable for him. So God put him to sleep. No anesthesia. Reached into his body, pulled a rib, and shaped the rib. He shaped the rib. <laughs> bam, 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 bam. He shaped it. Can I get an amen in the house? I'm like, Albus, I'm going to drop the mic and just leave. You understand? But now, So he shaped the woman. He shaped the woman, and then he brought the woman to the man. And Adam looked at him. He said, oh, my goodness. He said, that's bone on my bone. Flesh and my flesh, she shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Genesis 2, 41. Therefore shall a man leave his mother and father, cleave unto his wife, and the two shall become one. He got all spiritual, right? Now watch this. But watch watch what happened. Where did the woman come from? See, when God created Adam, he created him from what? The dust, right? Now, dust has no value. People pay money for dirt. But they spend money to get rid of dust. But God took the thing that had no value, (sighs) breathed into it, and man became a living soul. But watch this. He took the man from the dust. Am I right? That's why it's natural for a man to get dirty. Then he made the woman from the rib. That's why it's natural for a woman to stay clean. I got problems... When you got a man that won't get dirty. And when you got a woman that won't stay clean. But now stay with me. I'm still working on this thing here. He lays the man out. Adam is asleep. And what happened? Now this is for the folk that think, well, you know, I was born like this. I, just, I, just, I was born. Now I'm going to show you something. I'm going to show you. I'm going to show you something. He reached into Adam and grabbed the rib. That's why some people say Adam couldn't have been black because the brother wouldn't have gave up the rib. You understand? (laughs) He reached in there, grabbed the rib, and he shaped it into a woman. So my question to you is, if the woman came from the rib, where was the rib located? The rib was located in Adam. So God shaped the man out of dust, but he reached in, grabbed the rib, shaped the woman out of the rib. So the rib, which became the woman, came from the man. But when God reached in and grabbed the rib, which was symbolic of the woman and shaped the woman out of the rib, that means that when God reached in and grabbed that rib, he pulled everything feminine out of him. That's serious right there. Some of y'all ain't gonna get that for about 30 minutes. Can I get an amen in the house? Yeah. You gotta get your manhood back. You gotta get your manhood together. Here's the reason why men have got to be men, not based on how the world defines it, but how the Bible defines it. Because when a man is not out of place, when a man is not in place, it impacts every area of his house and society. Seventy percent of all prisoners come from fatherless homes. Eighty percent of all rapists come from fatherless homes. Seventy one percent of all high school dropouts come from fatherless homes. 63% of teen suicides occur in homes where the father was either abusive or absent. My point is, when a man is out of place, it leaves the woman displaced, children misplaced, and God replaced. you got to get in your position and be what God has called you to be. Am I right about that? Now, there's some fundamental differences between men and women. Fundamental differences. Am I all right on time? Okay. Um, fundamental differences between men and women. Fundamental differences. A man has to have several things. Number one, a man lady's got to know that he is respected. In marriage, a man got to have respect. He got issues when you got more respect for your boss than you do him. No, I'm serious. He has to know that he's respected. Now, respect's got to be earned but once he has earned it you got to give him that respect it doesn't mean that somebody's going to dominate over you see most married folk are allergic to a word called submission i mean they think that's a cuss word i start preaching on submission folk oh, think i'm cussing people out they get it, I'm offended you talking about submission see that's because you don't understand what submission is submission simply means to arrange in order which means whether you like it or not There is a divine order that God has structured for marriage and relationships. It doesn't mean that one dominates over the other one. It means that you arrange in order because God did say, let them rule, let them reign, let them have dominion. It was Adam and Eve reigning over their situation. So a man has got to have a respect. Everybody say respect. A man's got to have sex. I'm gonna drop the mic. I'm gonna drop the mic. I'm gonna drop the mic. Lead the stage. See, some of y'all are scared. A man gotta have respect. A man gotta have sex. He has to. It is a necessity of life. Brothers, y'all better amen me right here. I'm trying to help. You. I'm trying to help. See, I'm I'm trying to help you now. If you don't talk to me, brother, I'm going to leave you out on the porch by yourself. Now, I'm trying to help. He's got to have respect. He's got to have sex. And he's got to have a recreational outlet. Those are three things. They're very real. Now, let me tell you what a woman's got to have. A woman has to have conversation. Not just you riding in the car and saying, yeah. Yeah. You listen to me? Yeah. She got to have conversation. You know, and, and I, get a, I got a problem with brothers that say, well, you know, I don't like talking. My wife always wants to talk. She come to the house. She always wants to talk to me about her day and everything. And I don't want to hear all that stuff, man. I don't like talking. That's a lie. That is a lie. Because you had to say something to get her. You, you didn't have a problem talking when you was trying to get her out of her clothes. Can I get an amen from somebody? So a woman's got to have conversation, affection, affection without sex. (laughs) You know what intimacy is? The word intimacy has nothing to do with sex. The word intimacy comes from the root word, innis, and it means innermost. So intimacy, real intimacy has to do with getting on the innermost part of that person. Intimacy. When you are into me, see. Some of y'all slow. I used to ride the slow bus too. But, but stay with me on this thing. Everybody says it's about conversation. So she's got to have she's got to have conversation. She's got to have affection, and she has to have security. She's got to have security. Um, um, My my wife has run so many areas of our house, and we have divided responsibilities. I have total submission to her in the stuff that she runs. And then she chooses and respects me enough to submit to me in the areas that I get to run. All right? So it's got to be a mutual respect. Most divorces take place because of a lack of respect. And what happens is the devil tries to get you to start looking outside the house. Okay, I'm going to close on that. I'll I'll get on that just a little bit later. But I want to show you a couple of things here about men and women. Um, Um... in this text, we're going to see some things. We're going to see what happens when the man allows the woman to fight a battle that he should have been involved in. Because in this text here, we see that um, God created Adam and Eve and he brought them together. Y'all know the whole story. And uh, uh, the Bible says that, that, that the serpent started talking to his woman. The first thing I got to tell you about that is that it's dangerous when you start having illicit conversations with somebody that's not your spouse. Why does that person have your phone number? Why are you texting another man? No, it's wrong. It's wrong. There's some, well, he's extreme. Whatever. I'm still married. I've been married 20 years. Same one. Not 20 times. I must know something. You got to respect one another. See, every relationship has got to have three T's. Truth, trust, and transparency. And whenever you break one, you violate the other two. And, and, and trust is something that takes time to build, work to keep, seconds to lose, and years to regain. You should not be throwing your phone in a, in, a, in a drawer somewhere when your spouse walk in the room. What's up with that? Why are you texting another man? Why are you texting another woman? Is that really that deep? Because the devil will make a pervert out of you because you don't know how to sanctify your technology. Technology was created to make communication more effective and efficient, not to hide relationships. And you got to protect the sanctity of your marriage. Are you understand what I'm saying? See, you know, one of the greatest features on Twitter is block. No, I love it. I love it. I love it. Because, you know, you know I, got, I got, you know, and, you know, I love it when people follow me and that type of thing. I send out scriptures and different things, you know, uh, motivational, encouraging. Sometimes I do a little bit of personal stuff or with our kids or something like that and send it out or whatever. And, but that's basically all I use it for, right? But every now and then you get a knucklehead that want to say something crazy to you. And But I found out my IT guy showed me. He said, Pastor, look, is all you got to do when you get that, man. You press that. I said, oh, my God, he going that quick? He said, yeah. I said, this is the will of God. This is the will of God. See, what some of y'all need is a block button on your life. When you know you're married and some men come telling you, oh, you know, you really look good today. You block. Are y'all following me today? How many know you got to learn how to embarrass sin before sin embarrasses you? Don't flirt with it, don't play with it, don't stroke it, don't tease it. The problem that we have is that a lot of Christians don't want to go to hell, but they want to see how close they can get without going. They know it's wrong to eat from the tree, but can I fill on it? See, that's for later, that's for later. That's for your next crowd right there. That's just the precursor, that's all. That was my commercial for the next service, that's all that was. I'm sorry. Okay, okay, where was I? Adam and Eve my time now. Okay, okay. I, th- I think I got about five, ten minutes to wrap this up. What we got, ten? Oh, right there. Six minutes. Okay, I can do it in six minutes. Everybody say he can do it. Okay, okay. Okay, I don't know how I'm going to do it, but I can do this now. I can do all things through Christ that give me strength. Come on. Okay, here we go the the serpent started talking to the woman said did God really say now you know what trips me out when I read this story what trips me out when I read this story is this I used to think that Eve was somewhere else and Adam was over here and I preached it that way for the longest like Eve is out in the corner somewhere and this dude talking to her you understand serpent's like this you know his dude's talking to her and I'm thinking Adam back at the crib he don't see what's going on but you know what when I really started studying this thing I said wait a minute Adam was right there Because when God spoke, both of them heard. So he had to be in the proximity. When a man is inactive and missing in action in his own house, he opens the door for the devil to get in your house. Are are y'all following me? So he starts out by questioning. Did God really say? In other words, he tries to get you. All temptation starts like this. He tries to get you to question what you already know the answer to. God already said, leave the tree alone. That's right. Look at your neighbor and say, leave, leave the tree, the tree alone. alone. And you know why a lot of these, uh, i trying to think of a nice word. If I use that one, that makes me sound too old though. But. Some of these little heifers out here that run around <laughs> and, and, they, uh, and try to steal your husband. Let me tell you the reason why. Because what they want is what they perceive to be a finished product. They don't want to go through the process. They weren't with him for 15, 20 years like you were. Going through his dumb days and all that stuff to get the boy where he is right now. They want the finished product. So how many know that when sisters has been married a while, they're going to say, well, the devil is alive. Boo, you ain't riding in on this party. Uh-uh. Been married for 20 years. The fool just got right last week. You ain't tearing this up. Shoot. I will whoop your behind in Jesus' name. (laughs) Okay, 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 okay. Come on, y'all, stop playing. I got to work my time. So he, he starts talking to the woman, and he gives her this, you know, Yo, should you, you you really, girl, you don't have to do that. You can be like God. You can be like God, knowing good and evil. And so she took the fruit, and she ate it. And then she took some to her husband. That's why I believe, Pastor, Pastor Connor is a better theologian than I am, but I believe that Eve might have been black. Now, I'm going to tell you how I came up with this hypothesis. Watch this now. I believe that she may have been black because black folk always want to take a plate home. Can I get an amen from the black folk in the house? Yes, Lord. So she took the fruit and then she took some home. She heated it up in the microwave and then Adam over here, he's just eating too. Now, Watch this. This is what trips me out here. Notice that when God came to them, when God came to them, God addressed the man. Adam, where art thou? I heard your voice and I was afraid. But Eve ate off the tree first. But God addressed the man. Why? Because when he gave the commandment not to eat, he gave it to the man. It was the man's responsibility to communicate with his wife. But because Adam had communication issues, his wife ends up eating off the tree. Men, the point that I'm bringing you to is this whatever goes down in your house, even when it's not your fault, is your responsibility. It's your responsibility. You're the one that God gave this thing to. Am, am, I, am I right about that? Yeah. Okay, 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 okay. All right, all right, all right, all right. I got to close, got to close, got to close, got to close. Think about four minutes to close. I'm going to go ahead and close it like this. I'm going to close it like this. Because, see, a lot of marriages, y'all, I'm going to tell you something. When, when you get to Luke 15, read that when you get home sometime, read the whole chapter. In Luke 15, you see three things that are lost. You got a lost sheep, a lost coin, and a lost son. Let me close with a lost coin. There's a woman that has a house. Parable. Heavenly story with the earthly meaning. She has a house and she has a coin and she lost it. The coin represents something valuable. Which in essence means that something valuable was missing from her house. The bad news is something valuable was missing from her house. But the good news is it was in the house. What the devil does is the devil wants you to try to go outside your house to get what you ought to be able to get in the house. So the Bible tells us how we can fix this, because the Bible says that when the woman searched the house, when she couldn't find the house, she said, OK, I'm going to clean the house. Look at your neighbor and say, clean your house. Clean your house. Yeah, I ain't, nothing, ain't nothing like a nasty house. I don't like nothing being nasty. I, I really don't. My father would tell you off if your shoes were not in the right place and stuff. I mean, I just, I like stuff to be in order. Yes, sir. I like stuff to be in order. Now, is it perfect all the time? No, it's not. But, 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 but the Bible says she's looking for the coin. The coin is something valuable. It's missing, but it's in her house. So she said, you know what I got to do? If I want to find what's missing in my house, I got to clean my house. And so she started sweeping the house. Going all the way through the house, looking through the closets and the drawers and everything. And she couldn't find it. But she's cleaning the house. The first step to restoring a marriage to its rightful place is to clean the house. Now, when she cleaned the house and she still couldn't find it, she didn't give up and go outside the house. She said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to bring in the light. And the Bible said that when she brought in the light, the light brings illumination. And she was able to see, wait a minute, there's my coin right there. And she found the coin and told all of her friends, come and rejoice with me. Because the thing that was missing from my house, the valuable thing that was missing from my house has been found. And everybody rejoiced. Now, I want to tell you today that no matter what's going wrong with your marriage, God can make it right. And and, and I want to tell you today that if there's something valuable in your marriage, which there is in every marriage, when you can't find what's valuable in your house, don't you dare go outside the house. The first thing you got to do is clean the house. The next thing you got to do is bring the light and Jesus is the light of the world. And when you bring Jesus into your house, he helps you find what's missing in the house. My name is John Ramsey and I approve of this message.